Hey there, I'm the Kentucky Guy, and thank you so much for listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Here at the Red Pill Current News Podcast, we strive on bringing you news that you won't find in the fake media every day. We also strive to bring you the truth, not only on politics, but the world news all around, including pop culture and so forth. As for myself, I worked in the private sector for around 25 years in the call center management and health insurance industry. Uh, Due to unforeseen circumstances and health issues, I was forced into early retirement last year. Now, a couple years ago, I noticed that something just wasn't sitting right with the way our country was being ran or being politicized as. So I started doing research, a lot of research. And that's why I'm able to now host this podcast. I've been on other shows as well, discussing my views. I'm also on social media. I'm on The Clapper, Rizzle, TikTok, Truth Social, Facebook, and many more. You can find me at the KY Guy, Kentucky Guy, KY Guy, or KY Guy 80. Different ones. Somebody had my name on other platforms, of course. <laughs> All right. So, yes, and I uh, do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter where you're listening to, we're on all podcast platforms. All right. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And again, God bless and God bless America. All right, and welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today. Uh, We do have a very special guest, but before we get to her, let's go over a few house cleaning tips. Uh, The first thing is, if this is your first time listening to us, be sure to hit that uh, follow or subscribe button. We are on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on and on. We do drop new episodes here every Wednesday and Saturday. Also, for you wrestling fans out there, oh yeah, I do co-host Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with my co-host Donnie Cage. We drop new episodes there every Monday and Friday. Also, if you ever want to be a guest on the show or you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, be sure to email us at OLKentucky, spelled out, OLKentucky99 at yahoo.com. And that's OLKentucky99 at yahoo.com. Also, be sure to check out our new, brand new, brand spanking new website. And that is politicalnewspodcast.us, politicalnewspodcast.us. Okay, so I'm very excited today. We do have a very special guest, as I mentioned. Uh, she is an author, comedian, a MILF, <laughs> and host of the Whole On The Go podcast. Everybody give it up for C.A. 
Knoble. And I still think I got your last name wrong. How's it going, ma'am? It's going great. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, can you can you say your last name for me once again? I'm so sorry. I know I messed it up. <laughs> it's okay. It's Knubel. Knubel. All right. Uh, so, Miss Knubel, uh, if you don't mind, since this is your first time on the show, uh, if you could give uh, myself and the audience a little bit of background about yourself, that would be awesome. Sure. Well, I am a mother. I'm from Philadelphia. I just entered my 30s last year, so I'm kind of living my life that way. I'm excited. I am also an author, a Cub Scout 10 leader. I have several jobs, my own business. I kind of wear many hats. There's not much I don't do, so. Fantastic. And I know uh, all about wearing a uh, uh, many, many hats. <laughs> So let's talk about your book. Um, there, one of the things that really interests me is I am actually right in the middle of writing a book myself for the first time ever. Uh, it's kind of uh, it's nerve wracking. It's frustrating. It's uh, it's enjoyable. <laughs> so uh, all these emotions <laughs> at once. And uh, your your book was the the whole handbook. Can you uh, tell us tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So I actually wrote that book, the original one. I'm working on it and now as a 30-year-old to kind of give it that um, that mature sense to it. Uh, I wrote it when I was in my early 20s. And I did it because I didn't like the connotation that was behind the word ho. It was seen negative. Um, and I didn't like that. I just thought that women should be afraid to be promiscuous or open about you know, what they do in their, let's say, private time. Um, <laughs> so when I wrote this book, it was just kind of, I didn't have any guidance growing up as a woman, you know, to what I should allow and what I shouldn't, or just in, you know, that private area in general. So I wanted to make a guide for, you know, women and girls that were my age when I wrote it to help them, like a little guidebook. I think that's awesome. Uh, I know that there are a lot of... Uh young females out there uh, that are in the uh, same position that you were in. Uh, they just don't have, uh, they just don't have that person in their life, whether it's a mother figure or a father figure or older sister or what have you um, to lead and guide them. Or they do have that person, but that person refuses. Uh, I've met some people throughout my, throughout the years uh, that, it's, it's like taboo. They just don't want to talk about that subject, even with their own kids. And uh, I have a 19-year-old daughter, and, uh, you know, we, we talk about everything. Uh, not always comfortable, but we do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because I want her to know she can come to me with any type of question or anything of that nature. And uh, so I think, I think that book sounds very, uh, very awesome. So thank you for doing that, because that's... Uh, uh, that's a huge part of our, our, even right now, I know you said you wrote it a few years back, but even right now, especially, uh, that's a big part of our society right now is uh, they just don't want to talk about it because they're afraid they'll offend somebody. Uh, there's all these worries about pronouns and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, it's good to see that you're, uh, you know, you're standing up for uh, female rights. So that's awesome. Thank you. And I know for me, especially, um, like, I, I mean, I have a mom, I have sisters, and it's not that they didn't tell me anything. It's just kind of 
it doesn't really matter what they say. You know, for me, I left for college at 17 and I went two hours away from home and there was no amount of preparation that they could have given me in that aspect that would have prepared me for, you know, what you see and what you go through and um, how women are treated and even men are treated. It's, you know, some of them are animals up there <laughs> when you go to college. So it's nice to have a book to say, hey, this is what you should and should not allow, you know, for yourself more than anything. Um, and I just like to teach people how to please and be pleasing. You know, I want people to feel empowered. I want them to feel good about themselves because that's what we, we shouldn't be using private time for validation. Um, and I think that's a lot of the problem now too. People need that kind of attention in order to feel better about themselves or feel like they're actually worth something. When in reality, that should be the last thing that should give you that validation. Yep, yep, I agree 100%. And I think that, uh, especially from a guy's point of view, um, I, when I, I think back to when I was younger, uh, a kid, 15, 16 years old, and it's, I, you know, there's nowhere near the uh, temptations back then that, like there are now. And one of the things that influenced a lot of our younger uh, gentlemen in this generation, I've noticed, is... Uh, rap music in the music industry in itself and i've that word ho uh that you uh wrote your book about um that that oh. is used so derogatory uh in these rap videos and songs and things of that nature uh and that influences a, a lot of our kids out there and uh you know, i've always said you know i i just uh i just don't agree uh the the rapping music i actually used to be a fan of rapping and the old school rappers, uh, they weren't about uh, saying drugs are cool or calling females, uh, you know, hoes and, and things of that nature. Uh, so what are, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think that played an influence uh, when you were growing up or no? Um, well, I mean, I grew up in the 90s, so I feel like it wasn't as bad as it is now. Now I wholeheartedly agree it's a major problem. It's very degrading towards women. Um, any kind of rap music in general, I feel like. Not necessarily hip-hop as a whole, but more the rap genre. Um, very degrading towards women. Um, making women feel like toys or just, um, you know, something to look at with no value other than what they can offer in that private time. I don't like hearing it. I don't like seeing it. I don't allow it in my household. And that's not to say there's not artists out there that I, that I don't like their music. It's just some of it, gets a little bit too much and the fact that we let our children listen to it now our children are forming that mindset and that's a major problem absolutely absolutely and uh yeah there's only one uh, uh current rapper he's a uh, independent that i actually care to listen to at all and that's tom mcdonald so uh yeah i i agree uh it's just uh you know i i tell my daughter all the time uh you know there are it's worth waiting on Romeo, a true gentleman. Uh, it, it it is because life will be so much easier on her in the future, and it makes my life a lot easier as well. <laughs> if, uh, you know, uh -huh, if she has a uh, you know somebody who is uh, you know uh, respectable, um, she has had uh, uh, boyfriends, of course. Uh, she's nineteen that she's brought home that uh, I uh, you know I shook my head and was like, nah, I don't see that working uh, because she's so much like <laughs> me you know i didn't i didn't interfere i just let it take its course 
and uh boy oh boy she is uh she is definitely her daddy's daughter <laughs> so <laughs> so i i feel like i, I didn't mean to interrupt you go right ahead i was just going to add to that too i do agree to some degree that you know girls should wait for their romeo don't get me wrong i i do agree to that you should wait for the man that respects you um and treats you well um for that kind of thing but i also feel like women shouldn't wait you know their entire lives for this one you know night to come in and save them you know what i mean so to speak um you want to go out live your life don't be afraid to experiment just be responsible and wait until you know that you're mature enough to handle it oh yeah i i encourage her to date oh uh, yeah of course um i'm just uh talking about uh, you know, I, I've tried it since uh, she was at an early age uh, and started to give, uh, I guess you could call boy crazy like they, like everybody is, you know, <laughs> around 13, 14, what have you. And uh, oh, I, yeah. I've always, you know, just tried to encourage her, you know, your self-respect uh, is going to be there long after any guy is going to be there. So that, that's just the value I've Absolutely. tried to uh, teach her. I see here that you are a, uh, a podcast host. Uh, of, of the uh, Hole on the Go. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about your podcast? Well, I use my podcast to give people uh, basically pages out of my whole handbook. I teach people how to please and be pleasing through sexual and self-empowerment. That's the best way I know to describe it. That's awesome. <laughs> now, I do apologize uh, since we, we actually just met yesterday. <laughs> so I haven't had a yeah. chance to listen to your show yet, but I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, I, I just, uh, I see your sense of humor and, uh, the name of the show is what got me. So I was like, huh, you know, <laughs> and then I know, yeah, uh, I, I was going to say I am a comedian. So <laughs> yes, yes. I noticed that as well. Uh, you are a jack of all trades and, uh, it looks like that, uh, you mentioned that you are a Disney enthusiast. So I've got to ask, uh, what are your thoughts about all the controversy around Disney these days. Um, is that in the way of what they've put on that some parents may uh, may not agree they should be showing their children? Um, well, yeah, I was just talking about I mean, more or less the, the Ron DeSantis issue in Florida. Um, I, uh, Ron actually is the governor of Florida, and he, uh, he, he took away a lot of their... Uh, special tax breaks and things of that nature because they fought him on uh, his bill uh, not to uh, enforce pronouns of uh, uh, in school and basically uh, you know not uh, basically the schools wanted to uh, just call children them or they not him or her uh, which you know and, and it's just my opinion I think that's crazy uh, but uh, Disney actually backed that, so I, I didn't know if you knew anything about that or not. So um, I'm not going to pretend I do. I mean, I could give you my thoughts of it. Um, I try to stay away from, especially when it comes to things like Disney or Harry Potter or something that I grew up with that I'm really passionate about. That brings me joy. So if there's any kind of you know negative news out there about it. I try not to read too much into it because I feel like for me that taints that, I guess, nostalgia that I get when I watch a Disney movie or Harry Potter. So, um, as far as my thoughts on that, I do agree it's it's a little bit much 
to try to enforce people to call everyone them or they. It's just going to cause confusion in the long run for the children. I don't feel like that's fair to them. I don't, I don't necessarily like the fact that they're being, let's say, punished in a way for fighting something because I feel like nobody should be in trouble for standing up for what they think is right. Everybody's entitled to their perspective. So, Right. Yep. And, uh, uh, I agree. I just, I think it, it's so, you know, when I think back is at being a, a kid, I, I, it's so confusing anyways, especially when you get into the teenage years. Uh, you know, so I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't, I don't think it's fair and, uh, they should just leave that alone. Now I, I personally grew up, uh, loving Disney as well. Uh, been to the, uh, amusement park. Uh, it truly is the most wonderful place on earth. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. So what's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, my favorite, ooh, my favorite Disney movie. It's a tie between Snow White and, uh, Sleeping Beauty. I actually have Snow White tattooed on myself, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so mine, uh, is I'd have to say it's Frozen, uh, because my daughters made me watch that probably a thousand times while she was growing up. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually really love Frozen, too. I love the message behind it. I love the second one. I thought it was just a great continuation. So that's actually one I was I was really proud of Disney for. So And uh, Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Potter is actually, and you don't know this yet, uh, is probably one of uh, my favorite series uh, that I've ever watched. Um, I can watch it over and over and over again. And to know me, uh, you would never, you would never think that I was in that kind of stuff. But uh, it just—it's one of those shows that I can watch and uh, just uh, kind of blank out. You know what I'm saying? Imagine myself uh, being a wizard or what have you. After a stressful day, I can just turn it on, and it seems like every time I watch an episode or a movie, uh, I see something that I I didn't see previously, and I really like those kind of stories. Yeah, so I will agree. Um, now, Harry Potter, for me, came out when I was around, you know, between 9 and 11. Um, it started, obviously, with the books, but I think when the movies came out, I was around 11 years old, so for me, it was just like, this was made for me, you know? Um, and I grew up with it. I mean, the, the last, um, the part two of the final movies, I mean, I was just hitting adulthood when that happened. So it was just kind of like, this was my childhood. So I still go back. I read it all the time. I reread the books over and over. Um, just because there's always something, like you said, that I find that I didn't see or read or acknowledge before. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to be able to go back, let's say five years later, and read something and be like, wow. I had no idea this was in here. I must have missed it. Yeah, and uh, also, uh, so are you, so I, I love, I wasn't going to mention the books because I didn't know if you read them or not. Um, I, actually, I, <laughs> I actually prefer the books over the movie. What do you think? What's your? I wholeheartedly agree. Aha, so you are a true Harry Potter fan. Awesome. <laughs> I am. I want justice for Peeves. That's there you go. That is actually, <laughs> that, you know, the books actually go into uh, a lot of people don't know this because they don't take the time um but the books actually go into more detail uh i feel uh than the movies ever did and you you kind of feel like you're uh, behind the scenes maybe uh when you're when you're Absolutely. reading the books and it just uh you know she's such a great the author's uh such a great uh writer and uh 
I just I enjoy uh, a lot of things that she's written over the years, and uh, Harry Potter by far is her masterpiece. Oh, absolutely. And I, I feel like I relate to it, too, so much more, and it holds something special to me because she was a single parent um, when she wrote those books. She had no money. You know, she sat outside coffee shops and wrote that book while, you know, her kids were in school and stuff like that. And she has a quote. It's honestly one of my favorite quotes. And it says, rock bottom became the place where I built my foundation. And I just think there's nothing better than that, you know, to to be in a struggle and to not let that define the rest of your life. And to not let it deter you from living a life that you're fulfilled by and that you feel accomplished in. I love it. So. Man, you, you know Rawlings' quote that uh, you are a fan. Wow. Okay. I thought I, I, thought I, I was am. the only person <laughs> in the world that knew that. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So um, also I noticed that you are a, uh, and this is, this is something that I think is uh, very, very serious right now. Uh, has always been, but it seems like the issue uh, continues to rise uh, here lately, um, and that's in adults, not just kids, uh, adults as well. And uh, uh, you're a mental health advocate, uh, which I think is fantastic. Uh, are you able Thank to you. Uh, talk about any of the, uh, you know, what brought you to uh, feeling this way about mental health? I, I, I think that I'm a mental health advocate as well because it's such an important issue and it's not talked about enough. Uh, and it just, uh, sometimes when I hear people talk about it, the information is just so bizarre. I don't know where they come up with it at. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you want to talk a little bit about your history on that? Sure. I'm happy to. Um, I'm, I'm not ashamed, you know, my history where it came from, but I actually, fun fact, did not get my diagnosis until April this year. Um, and back when I was in college, like I said, I'd gone when I was 17, someone made an attempt to take my life. And in, in that kind of a situation, you kind of lose your entire identity. Um, and I did. And for 12 years, honestly, until this year, I didn't say anything. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't think they would believe me. And I just let it rot in my brain. And it was finally, um, actually, after the loss of a little sister in 2020, that I was like, I cannot live like this anymore um and i i took my i put myself first um i definitely started going to see a therapist um it it didn't necessarily improve because as i'm sure anybody listening can relate losing a sibling or you know someone in your immediate family is devastating in all all accounts so um i wasn't okay for a long time and i didn't want to admit it because i'm used to being you know very strong independent you know, I'm a single mom. I handle my stuff. I have my own place. So for me, it was like admitting that weakness was not okay. And I come from a very emotionally detached family. We don't do emotions well. Um, we don't talk about those things. Now, I grew up seeing my mom as a single parent of three children, and she was the strongest woman I know. She still is. But not seeing that weakness made me feel like it was not okay for me to be weak or vulnerable at any time. And um, honestly, it wasn't until I made my attempt in April and I got the help that I needed and I got my diagnosis that I really started understanding who I was. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to, you know, say what conditions I have, but um, they're pretty well, serious. Well, um, not we don't mean to interrupt, but we don't censor anything here, so feel free. 
Okay, um, well, to give you my diagnosis, I have borderline personality disorder. I also have psychosis, um, complex PTSD, anxiety, depression, and obsessive love disorder. And um, a lot of my behaviors, you know, that led to the writing of my whole handbook, I didn't realize were symptoms of a mental health condition that I did not know existed and was not being treated and was honestly destroying me from the inside out. So once I found out about my diagnosis and, you know, a little bit about what they are and why I didn't understand emotions, because for borderline personality disorder, we think in black and white, you're either evil or you're a hero. You know, you're either the villain or the hero. There is no in between. There's no gray area to any aspect of our life. So I never understood why I go from, you know, my mom's my best friend to I'm not talking to you for two months. You're evil. You know, I never understood that. And once I got diagnosed, I spent hours trying to research online and trying to find out as much as I could, as much as possible on my own. And it wasn't until I did that that I realized, like, it should not be this hard to find out about mental health conditions. And that's what led to me really creating my mental health podcast. Um, it's an informational podcast. It has the 12 main mental um, health conditions. And it goes over, you know, the symptoms, kind of what it is about or, you know, what it may look like, what you can do. I, I don't go into medications. I don't like to do that on my podcast. Um, I like people to go on their own and find their own different coping and healing mechanisms, whether that includes medication or not, obviously entirely up to them. Um, I would like to just put a disclaimer that I am not against medication. Uh, I definitely am on meds myself. Um, but once I started creating that podcast, I made a Facebook page to go with it that has 12 different albums for the main mental health conditions. And it has different coping mechanisms, memes, quotes, um, just things for people who may have that condition or know somebody who has it, help them understand a little better. And after that, it led to me starting to do interviews now with people who are either different mental health advocates or people who suffer from different mental health conditions and even family members of those who suffer just to talk about what their lives are like. And especially for those who have the conditions to show people that you can still live a fully fulfilled life despite those conditions. And there's nothing wrong with having a mental health condition. It doesn't mean we're broken or damaged you know, or violent or evil. It just means that we're wired a little bit differently. And most people don't look at the positive traits that come with a mental health condition. They're only looking at the negative. And that's something I just want to completely eradicate. Yeah, I, th I think that's awesome. Uh, I, I do have to ask now, the uh, the podcast that you're talking about, is it uh, is it a different podcast than the uh, the the um, the other one, the um, host of the uh, whole on the go? <laughs> on the go. Yeah, this one is completely separate. Um, it's something that is actually going to be released probably mid to end of October. Um, I'm still doing interviews. I've done about 30 to 40 by now. I've been doing it since May in the background and working on the page. It's just not published. Um, and the reason being is because I wanted it to be a one-stop shop. I didn't want to just post the page and then start adding to it as I went. I wanted when I launched it, which is coming, to have so much information that you could be on there as long as you need to and everything you need to know is already there while I'm still adding to it. I think that that is absolutely fantastic. 
And what I'd like to do, um, CA, is uh, actually have you back on once the, you launch that podcast so you can give us the name and the times and uh, where everybody can find it. Because, uh, like you said, mental, mental health is very, very serious to me. You mentioned uh, losing a sibling. Um, and uh, I, I've actually lost two brothers. Uh, one of them uh, was actually uh, the brother that uh, where my dad, he worked all the time when I was younger. Uh, he actually, this brother taught me how to fish, how to drive, uh, everything. He was kind of like a, uh, a best friend, second dad to me. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it affects you. And I had, uh, two nephews that yeah. were, um, uh, very close to me, uh, both lose their lives at the same time in a car accident. So those things are, they will impact you, uh, for the rest of your life. Luckily, uh. I had a good support group uh, in my family. Uh, we actually do, like, maybe talk about emotions too much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, 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 grew, I grew up in a you know, good home. I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely blessed in that, in that sense. Uh, so without that support group, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine uh, having to go through that. Uh, even with the support group, it was... Uh, one of the hardest things I ever faced until my mom passed away. So, yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. But, yeah, I think that uh, that's fantastic. And, yes, uh, it, you definitely have a voice uh, when it comes to that. And uh, you're, uh, I think your show, I think you're going to be surprised how well it does because I think there needs to be more of those out there. You know, everybody's into this crime and mystery podcast, and, and that's okay. I mean, I like that kind of stuff, too, but... I like serious podcasts. I, li I like to have, current, that's why uh, I started this show, uh, the Red Pill Current News, because I like talking about issues that are, uh, like I had a gentleman on yesterday, uh, and uh, he, uh, he wrote a book, he's wrote 40 books actually, but, uh, he's, but his last <laughs> book is uh, about Atlantis, which is a subject people hate to touch because they're so scared because there's so much... Uh, uh, controversy over it and disagreements and so forth. I was happy to have him on. Uh, we talked about it for an hour. You know, I mean, it, it was great. Um, and that and that's what this podcast is mainly about. A lot of people think it's just about political stuff, and, it, and a large part of it is. I do a lot of special reports on that. However, uh, it's basically, you know, I've had holistic healers on this podcast and so forth. I like to talk about the subjects that uh, people are, uh, you know, they try to shy away from because, it needs to be talked about. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of what I do also on my All in the Goat page. I've had holistic um, healers on there too. I've had somebody who has a um, a foundation for um, you know mental illness and minorities. You know, because as much as mental illness is overlooked in general, it's especially overlooked in you know the minority community. So it was great to have somebody on there to say, "Hey, we need you to pay attention." You know, it, it was, it's just really great to have these platforms. So I'm really glad that you do that. And I've noticed recently, too, there's been a lot of mental health um, coaches coming out. And I, I'm kind of on the fence with that. I'm excited to see more people getting involved with mental health. But a few that I've spoken with aren't necessarily educated, in my opinion, enough to try to help someone else. It's okay to be a form of support and someone to talk to. It's not okay to give advice on a mental health condition you know nothing about. Um, not necessarily just from experience, but, 
you know, from a researcher medical standpoint, I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. And, uh, I agree with you in these, uh, these coaches that you're talking about. It's funny you brought that up because I've actually been uh, doing some research on them because there's so many people that, uh, especially like, uh, in the group that we met on Facebook, the, group, the podcast group, yeah. I see it all the time. Uh, I'm a life coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a mental health coach. And when you go to talk to them, um, they, they call themselves that, but they have no degree or really expertise in that. Uh, they just, uh, they just started calling themselves that. And, uh, it's unfortunate because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's no real law or anything saying that, Hey, you have to have an associate's or bachelor's degree to, uh, be considered a life coach. And they're actually like, I've met a couple that are, uh, no degree in this at all. And they're charging people for coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just, uh, I, I can't go along with that. I'm the type of guy I won't just go along with anything just to be going along. And, yeah, um, and maybe that's why uh, some people shy away from me because I'm pretty outspoken. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty outspoken and direct to myself. So I can relate to you on that. Yet, For example, I had an interview with someone, and it's not to say that they didn't have expertise in what they were talking about. It was just like, for example, we were, you know, talking about fight or flight you know, the four main of PTSD. He was like, no, there's five. The last one is fix. And I was like, that, that falls under fawn. Um, you know, and just like, I, I don't go back and forth with people. I always love to hear different perspectives. Um, but when it comes to something that's like, this is the, the terminology for it. This is the, you know, this is the standpoint that we go off of. You can't just throw extras in there and convince everybody else that's exactly right. If it's not, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And I had another person, um, when I mentioned I had borderline personality disorder, um, tried to basically diagnose me with autism in our interview. And I'm, I was like, you're, you're not a medical professional. And I went to a medical professional, you know, I've been officially diagnosed. They've done their research. I'm going to, I'm going to follow, you know, what that guy said. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, me, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not a very uh, confrontational type of person. Uh, but if somebody is saying something that, uh, that I feel is going to hurt or confuse somebody who, you know, who has that condition, uh, I do speak up and try to educate them on what, what I know on the subject at least. Or I try to point them to where they can find out. Uh, unbelievably, though, some people... Uh, you know, they're so, uh, stubborn, they, they, they can't be wrong <laughs> you know, in their mind. They cannot be wrong about anything. So, uh, and you know, I mean, that's a part of everyday life, right? Yeah. Especially as a Virgo <laughs> like me. <laughs> so, um, also, uh, CA, do you, uh, now you mentioned that you're a comedian. Uh, I consider myself the master of dad jokes, by the way, uh, you, have you done any stand-up, or uh, are you like me? You just do, like, videos and that for, like, YouTube and TikTok? Or? I have done it all. I do stand-up. I actually have two shows coming up in the PA and New Jersey area. I've done a few states on the East Coast. Um, it's something that I do for fun. It's not my main, you know, job, so you won't see me all over the place. I try to, you know, stay in the background for good reason. 
Um, but I've made skits that, you know, like Tiffany Haddish has liked on Instagram. And um, I've gone to different comedy events and I've gone to a couple red carpet events that were a lot of fun. I just, I take pleasure in making people laugh. It's not something that I see like you need to come and pay, and, you know, buy a ticket and I'm going to different open mics every night. I, I'm just not that person. Uh, but yes, I am a comedian. I do, I do stand up, but I also do sketch and skit comedy. Okay, well. so I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, let's let's hear your best okay. joke or story. All right, so I have to let me think because a lot of mine are not necessarily appropriate. So. <laughs> well, I would have never thought that. <laughs> so I, I always tell people that I thrive off making other people uncomfortable. So what I mean by that is, you know, especially I'm in my 30s, most of my friends are married. If they, if we're at a party or an outing and they see me talking to either, like, let's say their brother or their father or their husband for too long, they look at me and they're uncomfortable. Why? Well, because of the handbook that I wrote, they know that that's my lifestyle. And you look at them and you're like, his name is Jerry. It's a no from me. You know, but that's, that's how people look at it and... I like to make people uncomfortable if, say, I go out somewhere um, and I see a guy sitting by himself at the bar and he looks, you know, real sad and depressed and things like that. I will go over and say the most outlandish thing you could think of. Like, there were three ducks outside or just something crazy. That's just something I threw in there. But just something crazy. So they're looking at you like you're insane and I just disappear into the sunset. And it doesn't matter if he thought I was crazy or funny or anything that happened like that. It just means... I see it. He's now in a completely different mindset than when I walked up to him. And I'll, like, send girls their way or guys their way, just random people. And I'll tell them, like, he's a famous blah, 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 blah. And they'll go over like, oh, my God, can I have your autograph? And he's looking around like, who's doing this to me, you know? Um, I want to say it's torment, but I don't feel like it's that way. I think it's, like, forced social interaction. It's kind of torment. (laughs) But in a fun way, in a fun way. I think that's great. Uh, so that's where uh, you get the saying uh, that you're a menace to mankind. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit mean to men. Um, but I need to tell you why. Um, we come from, you know, especially me when I was younger, we come from a generation where we're supposed to be quiet and men are supposed to guide us and lead us and I'm pretty sure 95% of us can agree that we've been let down most of the time. So um, for me, I have a very hard time uh, respecting authority when it comes to men. It all depends on how you talk to me, you know, or how you approach me. So if I feel like, you know, there's the guys that you'll see, the younger 20-something guys that are very, I'm the alpha, you will listen to me, bow down. Those men I make feel like crap. And I don't feel sorry for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you a bit. Uh, I know that guy <laughs> that you're describing. Yeah, I know at least yeah, seven. <laughs> I, I, I know that guy. Uh, never quite understood. Um, and it seemed like that guy always had the, uh, uh, the good-looking girls as well and never did understand. And then when I got older, uh, I kind of figured out that their uh, self-esteem was shot. That's why they were with that guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's why it's a big part of my show and my book and anything I do to just like feel great about yourself. You don't need validation from somebody else that you're great. You should already know that. So I always try to make people feel better. So 
I say please and be pleasing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I uh, I think that's amazing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, how can you, um, you know, people talk about love all the time. How can you, uh, how can you love anything or anyone if you don't love yourself first completely? All right. So um, before we go, uh, do you have, uh, I'd like for you to give out any kind of uh, social media or how our audience can uh, get in contact with you or watch you or and uh, maybe see some of your comedy or uh, definitely uh, check out your podcast, Host uh, Ho, uh, <laughs> Ho on the Go. <laughs> I don't know why I have such a hard time saying that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and you're not the only one. <laughs> and, and I'm looking forward <laughs> so. to uh, listening to a show. Probably we'll end up doing that tonight, actually. But, uh, yeah, if you could tell everybody where they can uh, hear you at or see you at, that would be fantastic. Sure, thank you. So on most social media, um, you know, Instagram and uh, Twitter, you can find me under C.A. Knubel. And for YouTube, I believe it's under Christiane Knubel. That's where you're going to see all of my episodes in video form for my podcast, but also some of my live comedy that I've done in New York and little skits and sketches that I've put up. And I also have my Ho on the Go podcast. I go live on Facebook and YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm also available on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Basically everywhere else. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, once again, uh, CA, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, I, I think that uh, what you're doing is very admirable, uh, especially on the mental health part and uh, on the uh, young ladies. Uh, the handbook that you wrote, and uh, uh, I'm so glad that you're rewriting it uh, from a 30-year-old uh, perspective because uh, I think that uh, it's just one of those things that uh, – you know, there's a lot of single dads out there uh, who have daughters that I know personally that they just don't have a clue on what to do. And um, so things like you're doing there, uh, I just kind of wish there was more people doing it, but I commend you on that. And once again, thank you for being on today's show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, rewriting my book and launching it as a 30-year-old. Uh, absolutely. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to uh, compare the difference, right? Uh, from what your perspective back yeah. then and, and how it is now. Yeah, that's the accountability aspect too. You know, taking accountability like that was a little bit toxic, but this is what I'm doing instead now. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, as we uh, <laughs> as we get older and, and, and uh, grow up, I look at some of the things that, uh, that I did back in my 20s and I'm like, oh, man, that was so stupid. How am I still, how, Not how my am I still alive is a lot of things. <laughs> I've asked my question that quite a bit over the years. How am I still alive, man? You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. You've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast with your host, the Kentucky guy, and our special guest, uh, C.A. Knubel. And uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all. Have a great day. Thank you.